Welcome to Inside Economics. I'm Mark Zandi, the Chief Economist of Moody's Analytics, and today is Jobs Friday, uh, July 7th, and we're going to run down the June employment report. And uh, to help uh, do that, we've uh, got uh, a bunch of colleagues, uh, my two co-hosts, Chris Dorides, who's hailing from somewhere in Italy. Are you? Uh, where are you uh, in Italy, Chris? I'm in uh, Abruzzo, which Abruzzo. is the province opposite coast from Rome. The opposite. Uh, oh, I see. Okay, very cool. Yeah. yeah, and you were there last summer too, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. This I'm at my mother-in-law's house, so yeah. that's this is where I go. <laughs> yeah, you look very relaxed. It's a good. Well, thing. maybe maybe it was labor market report. <laughs> <laughs> I feel pretty good about that report, but a lot to talk about there, and we'll come back yeah. to it. But yeah. uh, hey, Marissa, good to see you. The Hi, other, nice to see you. Host here on Inside Economics. Good to All see right. you. You're 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 early in the morning there on the West Coast, but you look. You look marvelous. I mean, what's, thank you. Yeah, looks really good. Now, Dante, on the other hand, oh my gosh, look at that guy. <laughs> Same good. time zone, but can't get it together. You know? <laughs> it's like me. I can barely comb my hair, my three right. hairs. But you know, so. <laughs> uh, but we got Dante, of course. You know, here to uh, run down the labor market data, key uh, to this uh, jobs market analysis. So. Okay, we're going to dive right into it because I got a wedding to go to. Chris got has wine to drink. God knows what Marissa and Dante have planned here. But, uh, we got to get going. So, uh, and we'll keep this short and sweet. But, Dante, give us the rundown on the uh, June 2023 employment report. Sure. I'm, I'm going to steal Chris's word. I think it was a relaxing report to read. There's not mm-hmm. a lot in there to, to stress anyone out, I don't think. Uh, top line job growth came in at 209,000. Uh, private payrolls only grew by 149,000. Uh, the three-month moving average of job growth is still a little over 240,000, but that's down pretty substantially from last month, given some down revisions to prior month's data. Um, you know, by industry, there was some weakness. Certainly, uh, healthcare, you know, contributed almost half of all private sector payroll gains. You know, adding just over 65,000 jobs. I think construction probably a little bit of a surprise, adding another 23,000 jobs after adding the same last month. Uh, manufacturing turned positive after a couple of declines in recent months. Most of the real weakness in terms of declines were concentrated in uh, retail and transportation and warehousing, um, and not huge declines in those industries have been you know, sort of flat to down a bit in recent months. So not really a new story there. Um, yeah, I think the one blemish potentially, or the one thing people will focus on is growth in average hourly earnings was up 0.4% in June a little bit stronger than expectations uh, leaves year over year wage growth at about 4.4%, which again is, is still higher than we would like to see, certainly higher than the Fed would like to see moving forward. But it's basically where it's been stuck for most of this year. So it's, you know, it hasn't reaccelerated. It's just sort of been stuck uh, right around four and a half percent here for a few months now. Uh, average weekly hours ticked a little bit higher, which was, uh, you know, the first time that has moved up since January. Um, again, not a huge movement. It's only a tenth tenth of an hour, so not not a big deal there, I don't think. On the household survey side, again, I think things were sort of back to normal this month. The unemployment rate actually ticked a little bit lower, but that was coming off of the the big jump last month, and it ticked lower for the right reasons, right? The labor force is still growing. Employment just outpaced labor force growth by a little bit. Um, so I don't think there's any you know sort of worry there on the unemployment rate side. We still expect it to soften a little bit throughout the rest of the year, and I think it's still you know sort of on track to do that. 
So let me ask you, what do you think under what I'll call underlying average monthly job growth is that abstracting from the vagaries of the data, the ups and downs and all around seasonal adjustment, measurement, whatever, where do you, where do you think we are? 225. 225. Okay. All right. What do you think labor force growth is right now? It's probably about the same. I about think the over same. the last 12 months, it's been actually a little closer to 250 than 225. Right. And that's the stable unemployment rate, low and stable. Right. Hasn't really budged in over a year, I think, right? Three, five, three, six, somewhere in there. It's been in that tight range, yeah. Yeah. So so bottom line, it sounds like you feel pretty good. The report feels pretty good to you. It, yeah, it does. I mean, we we want job growth to slow, which it seems like it's doing. Um, you know, I think the wage growth story is is the only thing that's maybe of any concern to people. And even that's not a, you know, a horrible story. It's just that it hasn't really budged going down yet. And could that be mixed too? Because you had a lot of construction manufacturing, as you pointed out, and they're high paying and that affects this average hourly earnings estimate. It certainly could be. I mean, growth in leisure hospitality is much weaker than it's been, you know, which obviously is a lower paying industry. You've had some declines in, in retail, which is also lower paying. So you've got a stronger amount of job growth coming from, you know, at least mid to high wage industries, which could certainly be propping it up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Marissa, what do you think? Uh, Anything, any gaps there? Uh, any, anything you want to push back on? Uh, no, I mean, I think it's what we want to see. You know, it's uh, job market is clearly slowing, but not cratering. Um, yeah, I think underlying job growth is somewhere in the range of 200,000. We're going to get benchmark revisions, the preliminary benchmark revision, a peek at that in the next couple of months. So um, actually next month, I think, when they released the July figures. So we saw those downward revisions for the past two months, which we've been talking about, right? Some expectation that that might be the case, that the data have been overstated a bit, and that seems to be the trajectory that this is moving. So I think it's a good report. Yeah. Any? Uh, what about the average hourly earnings, uh, the, the one blemish that uh, Dante- Yeah, I do think that there could be a mix issue going on. So I don't put that much stock into this, but other measures of earnings have also been um, kind of hung up there too, right? Um, I don't know when we get the ECI again end of the month. next. It's going to be, yeah, next month. So no, we'll no, see I think end, what happens I think there. End of this month. End of this probably. month. Yeah, it's in yeah. a few weeks. In a few weeks. Yeah, the employment cost index, which is a broader, more rigorous measure of wage growth because it controls for mix of occupation and industry. So it's a quarterly series though. So we yeah, the the Atlanta there's the Atlanta Fed's <laughs> wage tracker that's been moving lower slowly, but but lower as well. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> relaxed sound feels like the right word. Yeah. To yeah. Describe this. I think it's good. I think we're coming close to the title for this podcast. I think relaxed probably will be in the title. Just to get just my think thought. You know, we'll see. We'll have and it's time. apropos with Chris in Italy. You yeah. Look at him. He's so relaxed, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that just, white linen shirt, you know, it's very abruzzo. abruzzo. <laughs> Are you actually go. in the wine there cellar, Chris? Are you actually I'm in not, the wine it, cellar? I'm not in the wine cellar. There is no wine cellar here, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought you were in the last, wasn't he in the wine cellar last year somewhere? I, I, no, I think no? that was your imagination. Oh, <laughs> you know, I you romanticized you my, uh, <laughs> my trip, you know. You would like me to be in the wine cellar. I'd like you to be in the wine cellar. <laughs> Playing bocce. Bocce. <laughs> bocce ball. Yeah. Do you play bocce ball? I forgot. Uh, oh, yeah. You're like co- really good at bocce here. ball. Tough like, competition here. Tough competition here. Tough competition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you for, think, Chris? Uh, I mean, 
and I'm going to ask you at some point, what's the probability of recession? But I mean, come on. I mean, when I saw that, uh, uh, I'll stop. I'm not going to, I was going to give you my view, but what, what do you think? What do you think of that report? Uh, all good. Okay. You right. really can't, um, can't push back. All I would say is that the revisions, right. Uh, we're pretty substantial for April and May. So this 209 number probably isn't going to stand. It's probably closer to 170, 180. If, uh, if you take some type of average there, um, which I think is kind of in line with the type of uh, job growth that the Fed would want to see. So I think we'll see the one hike in July because that's already baked in. But uh, September, I mean, it's a lot of script to be written still between now and September. But if this is the pace we're on, then this does comport with the slow session narrative, right? Right, right. Slow session being no recession, but an economy that's kind of going nowhere fast. Yeah, yeah. Definitely feeling uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Right? And yeah. risk of tipping into recession, but um, narrowly avoiding it. Yeah. Okay. In Any blemishes in your mind in the report? I'm, nothing you can point to. Again, the average hourly earnings, maybe. But, maybe. Um, yeah. How much do you, stock do you want to put in that? Uh, but yeah, still, even if you account for those mixed issues, still what four percent? That's still too high. So, you know, the Fed is going to be on guard here until that that number comes in more aggressively. But I don't think this uh, changes their their uh, outlook at this point. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I think this report. Do you care what I think? By the way. I'm going to tell course. you anyway, but of yeah. Course. Of course. I already know uh, what you think, but but you, maybe you could you could tell us. Yeah, I, I like the word relaxed. Um, but I was, I get pumped, you know, when I get reports like this. I mean, I it's I, I'm so weird. Like I get nervous about nothing except for two data points that come out every month. One is the jobs number, and the other is the CPI number, which is going to happen next week. Which we, you know, I actually think that could be a really great number in part because of reality inflation is moderating, but also because of measurement, you know, issues, seasonal adjustment issues. So we'll, maybe we'll come back to that, but regardless, yeah. when I got the number today, I said, okay, that's about as perfect as it could be. Not too hot, not too cold. In fact, if it was over 300 K, I think the market might lose their minds, you know, thinking, you know, the economy is going to overheat a lot more fed rate hikes, which would ultimately mean recession risks would be uh, higher, but uh, you know, sub 300 closer to 200 uh you know that's right down i'm, I'm gonna use every metaphor i've got you know right down <laughs> the strike zone you know down the fairway it felt really if you wanted to pick a number that would be you know the number that you would you would pick so it felt pretty good there um yeah the the, the adp numbers spooked me this week right Speaking yeah, but, of but, that I, dante that's... and i were going back and forth on that a little bit yesterday via email we don't pay any attention. I mean, I don't pay any attention to that. Do you, Dante? I, I haven't. I hadn't even looked at it until you mentioned it yesterday. I just don't. Right. Even, it's not even in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I will, you know, and just uh, given what happened here. What, so explain what happened. Explain ADP and what happened here, you know, with ADP and the markets. Chris, go ahead because you brought it up. I won't. I won't. No, uh, it was, it, I, I don't remember. It was a big number. 500K. <laughs> almost number. 500K. Private yeah, sector. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the market. So the market, we may not react much to it but the markets clearly did yeah. um they may right. not in the future Stock though market. given what happened here. could be could be yeah. so just yeah. uh 
a little bit of a head fake, right? And that's, that's that is a, a private number uh, based on payroll data that uh, ADP, the human resources company, uh, collects and estimate tries to estimate. Well, I get, are they still estimating the BLS number, or is that? It's not. supposed to be just an independent estimate. I think it's just yeah. an independent estimate. I think. Yeah. Okay. But and and the, I mean, the industry mix different. is just bizarre too. I mean, the top line number is sort of bizarre enough, but the uh, you know the the industry mix to get to that just doesn't make any sense. You know, expecting a yeah. hundred thousand construction jobs to be added, you know, seventy thousand jobs in mining. I mean, it just yeah it yeah makes, that makes a sense. Lot sense. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I you know for me it was a, a wonderful report. I, I, the average hourly earnings, you know, but yeah, it's. The peak in average hourly earnings growth was back in March of 2022, just about six percent year over year. We're now at four four, and the bogey I think is three five, three point five percent year over year growth because that's pretty consistent with where it was pre-pandemic, and that's also consistent with two percent inflation plus one point five percent underlying productivity growth. That so that three and a half percent wage growth would be non-inflationary because it's consistent with that productivity growth number and. And you know it's kind of underlying productivity growth. You know it's where we've been since the pandemic hit and, and a few years before that. So we're not quite there yet, but you know it feels like if the job market is going to continue to moderate, uh, and unemployment probably will notch a bit higher here. That's going to take some steam out, and um, we'll get wage growth back in. I, I did the the other one bl- blemish, and I hope that I don't take anyone's statistic you know for the game or maybe i won't say it because i might need this statistic i'm not gonna say it i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna keep that statistic <laughs> i did i, I did want to so i i felt i felt pretty i mean i not pretty good i felt very good about the number i think this is consistent with the idea that the economy is uh you know grace reasonably gracefully throttling back inflation is going to come in Fed doesn't need to raise. They're going to raise rates, you know, because they're hell bent on doing it uh, later this this month. But if you know if that's not the end of it, we're pretty darn close to the end of the rate hikes. And and if that's the case, then I think, uh, you know, we're we're in good shape. The economy is going to come in here without uh, experiencing an economic an outright economic downturn. So this all felt you know good in that context. Um, I I did want to uh, dig a, a little deeper. Uh, here we're going to get a little nerdy into something Marissa brought up around revisions. And I'm going to turn to you, Dante, because these revisions are going to become important. Uh, they already are. Uh, so, dis- describe why we have revisions to the data, and you know when do the revisions occur? Both in terms of the monthly revisions and the so-called benchmark revisions that Marissa talked about, and uh, just give us a, a lay of the land there, so people understand, you know, what's going on with the with the revisions. Sure. So the monthly revisions happen, you know, when we get a new number like we did for June, you get revisions to the the prior two months. Those monthly revisions are just due to additional sample data coming in, right? So when they produce the June employment report, they have some data in for June, but they're still getting data in beyond today. Um, and as that additional data comes in from survey respondents, that obviously changes the the estimate of employment growth for June or for the the prior months like we saw. Uh, so those monthly revisions are are purely due to additional sample that's that's coming in. Uh, the annual benchmark revisions that we get are due to a, a couple of different factors, right? One, they're benchmarking, they're they're tying the level of employment back to the quarterly census of employment and wages once a year. Uh, so they're taking the March level from the prior year uh, from the QCW data, and they're saying, okay, this is the new level. 
Uh, so that obviously affects some of the historical data as that uh, tieback, that benchmark is done to the QCW data. And then from that new level that's set in March, they then re-estimate uh, the changes for the year. So you will get sort of that benchmark level, which will affect some of the data, and then you'll get a re-estimation of, of the data coming off of that level. And then in addition to that, you get revisions to the seasonal adjustment factors you get revisions to the the birth death model which estimates you know how many firms are you know being created and, and dying uh so you, you do get other things that affect it as well in that annual revision but the you know sort of the tying back of data to the the qcw is the biggest factor uh and you, uh, marissa mentioned that uh is it next month marissa that the bureau of labor statistics will release a kind of a preview of what the benchmark revisions will show for, as of March of 2023, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so we'll get a better sense of whether uh, we're gonna the the state is going to hold up. My 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 sense is, and correct, I'm curious in what you guys think. My, my sense is we will get some downward revisions with the benchmarks. That if you look at the QCEW data, as you mentioned, the quarterly census of employment wages, the unemployment insurance record data, and if you look at household employment, that's Employment as measured by the household survey. What we've been talking about here is the the, the employment as measured by the payroll survey survey of businesses. But the household employment numbers have been much weaker. The employment gains have been much weaker than the payroll employment gains. That those two pieces of evidence suggest hard to know how to what degree, but they would be suggestive of some some uh, meaningful downward revision in the employment growth that we've been getting over the past 12, you know, 18 months. Would you concur with that, uh, Marissa, or, or, or not? Yeah, I, I think particularly if you look at job growth from the QCEW, particularly like last starting last summer, it looks like it's significantly weaker than payroll employment growth. So I think we'll start to see revisions, you know, back, uh, mid to late 2022 that are probably going to be downward. Also, let's not forget that jobless claims have been trending up now pretty much all year, and they're they're significantly above where they were at the start of the year. So that also suggests that job growth as measured by the payroll survey is likely uh, weaker, I think, than, it, than it's been showing in the past few months. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hey, that reminds me but in uh, one more thing, and then we'll go to the game and then we'll come back and end the, the conversation again. We're going to keep this short and sweet. Uh, and this goes to the UI claims. Dante, you published this uh, in the economic view. You published this uh, concept of uh, break even UI claims. So it's the level of weekly initial claims for unemployment insurance as consistent with no job growth, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now, weekly UI claims, it feels like we're somewhere around 240,000, 250,000 per week, kind of in that ballpark. That's right. And historically, I've thought of that as kind of a, a kind of a normalized level of claims, you know, that is consistent with, uh, you know, a well-functioning labor market, one where you're getting job growth, you know, consistent with labor force growth. Everything is kind of hanging together reasonably well. Do, do I is is that right? The two are we at two forty two fifty pretty consistent with the well functioning economy? And what is your current estimate of break even UI claims? Yeah, I think the the two forty to two fifty is is a reasonable sort of healthy level. You know, you can still have decent job growth. You know, consistent with labor force growth if you have you know claims that are at the two forty thousand range. 
Uh, break-even level is somewhere between 265 and 270 right now. and fluctuates a little bit month to month. Um, you know, so there's, there's obviously never a whole lot of space between sort of what is good and stable and what is no job growth, right? I mean, if you're getting you know, 20 or 30,000 more jobless claims every week that adds up over the course of a month. And that eats away that, you know, sort of employment growth buffer that would be that well-functioning labor market. So it, it doesn't take a lot of increase there uh, to go from, you know, 150, 200,000 jobs being added a month to no jobs. Um, I think the thing that's important to realize is that that break-even level, you know, that's that means sort of a steady state of jobless claims that are at that 265, two. 270,000 level. It's not, you know, if it hits that for a single week, that doesn't mean we're going to get no job growth. I think you've got to see that pretty consistently over, you know, four, six, eight weeks before you'd really believe that, you know, job growth is going to go somewhere close to zero. Hmm. Yeah. That just, it, it, it just strikes me as low, you know, 265, 270 is break, I mean, consistent with zero job growth. Here we are at 240, 250 with job growth at a couple, although maybe, maybe we're not at 200K because with downward revision, we may be at 100k or 150k, and that, that may, that's probably what you're saying, right? Right. I think yeah, it seems like the gap that we have now between you know jobless claims and that break-even level would be more consistent with something like job right. growth of 125, 150, One, which yeah, may, maybe is where we are, and we just don't know it yet. Yeah, that's right. That's my intuition. That's my yeah. intuition. That and that reminds me, someone mentioned to me, and I haven't had the chance to look. Maybe you guys have on uh, tax withholding data. Because of course, tax withholding, I think we can get daily estimates from Treasury on, I think. And of course, that's a window into uh, what's going on in the labor market, wage growth. And that's been weak. Has that gotten on your radar screen at all, Dante or anybody, Chris, Marissa? No. no? I Maybe someone can take a look at that. We could just, just. I, I, I was talking to a client and they, they brought that up as a something to look at, but uh, worth looking at. Okay. Uh, anything else on the job numbers? Before we move on to the statistics, and then we'll come back and kind of talk about it in the context of monetary policy and the outlook for uh, for the economy, recession risks. Anything? We miss anything? Okay. Okay. Very good. Let's play the game, the statistics game. Uh, we each pick a statistic. Uh, the the uh, the rest of us try to figure that out through questions and clues and deductive reasoning. The <clears throat> best statistic is one that's not so easy we get it immediately one that's not so hard that we never get it and if it's apropos to the topic at hand or the data that came out this week all the better okay uh tradition is uh, we go with marissa marissa you're up and marissa is like lighten lighten it up on this uh, statistics game recently <laughs> very it's almost embarrassing for chris we'll see i'm know. a little tired <laughs> <too>. <laughs> embarrassing. okay my statistic is six percent in June. Okay. 6%. Uh, labor market related? Yes. In today's employment report? Yes. In the household survey? Yes. Uh, related, unemployment rate. Yeah. It is an unemployment rate. Yeah. For some demographic? Mm-hmm. Black unemployment rate? No. no. Less than uh, high school. What, Chris? Less than high school. Yep, you got it. Ah, very uh, good. <laughs> the unemployment rate for uh, people that are that have less, less than, than high school, school education. Yeah. So this is this was six percent in June. That was up three tenths of a percentage point from May. It's the only educational demographic where the unemployment rate increased over the month, uh, and it's been on a cl pretty clear upward trend 
since the start of the year, unlike other demographic groups. So it's actually now a bit above where it was going into the pandemic. Of course, it spiked very high in, in early 2020 when we went into the pandemic, but it's above where it was now in like 2018, 2019, slightly. Other demographic groups are faring much better in terms of the unemployment rate. And I should also mention the labor force participation rate for this group, just to give mm-hmm. some context. It's about back to where it was prior to the pandemic, but it's actually slightly below, un- mm. again, unlike other demographic groups that have done done a bit better. Mm. What do you think is going on? What's behind that? Uh, I mean, there's there could be industry mix issues, right? Mm. Um, there's been weakness in manufacturing lately. There's been weakness in retail trade, some other service sectors that are more likely to employ people with less than a high school education. Um, this has been sort of the way that this is stacked up now for a long time, right? If you look at the unemployment rates, people with less than a high school education have had a higher unemployment rate for quite some time. So, despite the fact that the job market is really strong, you know, there's still matching issues, right? And we saw actually in the, um, the, the I hope this isn't somebody's statistic. Well, I'm not going to say statistic, but the, the ISM, service sector ISM came out this past week and some of the comments about the labor market were not being able to find qualified labor or not being able to, to match job openings with qualified labor. So in some industries, there's still a matching problem. At leisure hospitality is still down That's, in terms of payrolls, right? From 2019 levels. So mm. despite all the, the demand, the growth, yeah. The hiring, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's the retail, because retail was down in the month. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, very, that was a good, great statistic. Uh, Chris, you want to go next? Yeah, 2.6%. 2.6%. Labor market data. Not today's report. Is that the quit rate? Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> uh, I forgot, I forgot uh, Dante's getting, on here. We're getting too good at this game, boy. Oh, you guys are getting too good at this game. 2.6% is the quit rate. Okay, from the JOLTS report, yeah. the Job Opening Labor Turnover Survey. So you explain. Uh, two points. Yeah, so you explain the definition. That is up, right? So about 4 million people quit their job uh, last month, or what is it, May, in the month of May. Uh, that had been on a on a downward trajectory, not not collapsing, but it was uh, was declining, which we were interpreting as a positive uh, for uh, for some of that wage growth, right? So uh, there's a strong correlation between quitting folks quitting their jobs and uh, wage gains, right? Typically, when you quit your job, you move to another job, you do get uh, maybe what 10, 15 percent uh, bump up in in wages. So we had been forecasting that that uh, quit rate would continue to come in nicely and that would help to bring the um, wage gains down as well so this is a maybe a movement in the other direction here something uh, clearly to watch if the if the quits are jumping up again people are feeling confident enough to uh, quit their job and move to another one it could could be a signal of some of that persistence in the wage growth that the the fed would have to address i'm going to uh, use a technical term uh, i think that's yeah. a squiggle squiggle is that a word, by squiggle. the way? Squiggle? Yeah. Is it, yeah. A squ- is it a word? Squiggle? Sure. I think so. I think so. Okay, good. Yeah, that's a squiggle, uh, Chris. <laughs> I, I also read somewhere that there- You know what I mean by that, right? I mean, it feels like a squiggle. It, it's it, an it aberration. Goes up, it goes down, you know. Well, it's been going down. 
Okay. And then right. it come back. Now it's coming back up. Yeah. 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 Let's not forget the survey response rate on the Jolt. Oh, wait, I was going to ask about like that. What 30%. is it? How much? It's, it's about a third now. It's in the 30s, I think. And it was above 50% prior to the pandemic. So there's a big margin of error around some of these numbers. So I, so I don't know. We can look at the, the report that, and see if it's within the statistical significance. But You're saying that the response rate to the JOLTS survey, which is the basis for the quit rate, has steadily declined. Now only a third of those canvassed are responding, and that's way, way down. And therefore, it might be biasing kind of what we're looking at here. It yeah. creates more volatility, more squiggles. Yes, more squiggles. <laughs> more squiggles, data squiggles. Yeah. Boy, that feels like that should be in the title too somehow in this podcast. Re- relaxed and squiggles, but you know. <laughs> We got to think People have that. no idea what the hell they're about to listen to. Yeah, it's all about relax, squiggle, squiggles. Uh, there you go. I, I love that word. I I can't stop saying it. Okay, okay, stop. I got to stop saying it. Okay, okay. What that was a good one. Say Dante, were you going to say something about I, the quit rate? I I read somewhere. I didn't get a chance to look into it. I also think seasonal adjustment might play an issue. I think if you mm. look at the unadjusted quits data, it was basically flat, and it was the seasonal adjustment that picked it up. Um, and I, you know, there could be a little bit of shifting seasonal pattern around quits, you know, sort of in the last couple of years that maybe is playing a role there too. So mm. all that is, I, I think I support the squiggle argument is probably not a whole lot to, to read yeah. into on a one month basis. But. Yeah. And of course the squiggles have gotten worse because of seasonal adjustments gotten a lot harder because the pandemic really messed stuff up, you know, in terms of yeah. trying to tease out seasonal patterns. Um, okay. Dante, you're up. What's your, what's your statistic? It's 379,000. Well, sounds like uh, in the employment numbers, it today's is, jobs yeah. numbers. Yeah. It, Payroll. It maybe a little, I'll, I'll, it's a, okay. it's not directly reported. It's a sum over the last six months. Uh, so it's not a number directly from the report today. A sum through the last six months, 379,000. Yeah. yeah. Positive it, or negative? Positive 379,000. Dante always gets his pluses and minuses right. <laughs> ever had a problem there, Marissa? Just saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Got to go back to podcast number 58. One. Or 25. <laughs> yeah, number one. Yeah, podcast number one to, to understand what, <clears throat> why we're laughing at that one. Uh, okay. Is it uh, employment? So some it was employment in some sector, gain in some sector. Okay. Right. Is that construction jobs over the last? No. Mm-hmm. Um Manufacturing job, no. Temp help, no. Are, are we on the right track? It is. It, it is an industry. It's job growth in an industry. Since oh, okay. The of the Over year. the last six months, since the beginning of the year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, that construction feels like it's three seventy nine, but okay. But it, it might also be. But, yeah. Oh no! Is it government? It is government. I'm just going to guess every industry. Government. There's a reason for this, bringing that up. So why'd you bring that up? Yeah. So, I mean, it's substantially higher than it's been, right? We added 275,000 public sector jobs in all of 2022. We've already added 379,000 in the first half of the year. It's distorting, I think, a little bit the trend in job growth, right? If you look at just private sector payrolls, they've been under 200,000 in four Mm. of the last five months, right? We've had this big sort of swing in government jobs since the beginning of the year, which I think is masking a little bit of the weakness in private sector payrolls. And you know, I don't think any of us believe that you know government job growth is going to drive growth you know, over the long term. I think you got a little bit of buyback from some weakness last year. Um, but I, yeah, I think it 
looking at private sector, I think it's more clear that the labor market has slowed and maybe slowed more aggressively. And that's before we even take into account what, you know, sort of future revisions might look like. So I think, you know, certainly job growth is weaker than the top line might suggest. Yeah. My kind of thought there, on, I saw, I noticed the big increase in government is that uh, the government had a hard time hiring a year, a year ago, because labor market was really tight. Businesses were really aggressive and pay to try to get workers on board. Now the private sector, as you say, is more relaxed. You know, it's not, you know, it's trying as hard, it doesn't need to. And that allows government to kind of start hiring people that the labor pool is now freed up for them a bit. Uh, and so they can hire more. Does that, does that sound right to you? Healthcare is the same way, kind of the same thing. I, right. Yeah. I think the public, they're playing catch up a little bit in terms catch of up. hiring yeah, that they would have liked to do 18 months ago that they couldn't. And now they're you know, sort of fulfilling those needs. And there's long, it's just, you know, obviously more difficult for government in the healthcare sector to change their pay scales to kind of compete. It takes time for them to do that given you know, it's just the bureaucracy of it all. Uh, and uh, uh, they really couldn't, you know, match the kind of the pay that the, the private sector was uh, coming forward with and and kind of left out, but now they're catching up. That that's kind of sort of how it feels. So, so the, it, it's still strength. It's just you, it's strength, but I, I don't think it's strength that we can expect. You know, they're adding over sixty thousand jobs a month in the first yeah. half of the year. I don't think that continues yeah. for a long period of time, right? I mean, eventually right. they're going to catch up and be done, and you know that will go back to you know twenty twenty five thousand jobs a month probably. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Okay, I got uh, my statistic is two point nine million. Two point nine million. I is it from the Jolts? Not from Jolts. It's from today's report. From today's report. Household survey. Is it labor force growth over the last year? Ah, ding 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 ding. Wow. Way to go. Two point nine million. That two point nine million people added to the labor force over the past year. That's a lot of people, you know, that's, that goes to, I think what you said, 225, 250,000 per, per month. Uh, and that, that is a, allowing businesses to hire at 200, 250,000 and keep unemployment at 3.5, 3.6%. And I just don't see how anyone can square that number with we're at full employment. How, you know, if we were at full employment, how's that possible? How's that possible? That's just a, a boatload of people coming into the workforce. So it doesn't feel like we're at full employment. Does anyone, am I missing something in that conclusion? No? Where do we I go agree. from here, though? Does that, uh -huh. or where do we go from here, right? Oh, it's good. It's got, eventually it's got to, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, eventually it's got to slow. I'm just saying it's not, you know, there's a lot of hand wringing over there out out there in the world. Three point six percent unemployment is. We're never going to get wage growth back in. We're never going to get inflation back in because mm. we're well beyond full employment, and it, it just doesn't resonate with me. It doesn't resonate that we're full employment for lots of reasons, and this is one of them. The other is, you know, we were at three point six percent unemployment before the pandemic. Yeah, and wage growth and inflation wasn't the issue. In fact, the, the issue was inflation's too low, not right. too high. Right. So I just, I'm having such a hard time with this idea. And you, you can look at the Federal Reserve's forecast for long-term, for the unemployment rate in the long run, kind of their, you know, what they think the, the, the full employment unemployment rate is. And it's, it's I think it's over 4% it's 4 plus. It's not not 3.6%. And I, I don't get that. I just don't, 
don't get it in the context of all this. But I've ra- I've I've uh, ranted about this before, and I will continue to rant about this, uh, you know, going forward. Okay, very good. That was great. Uh, we're we're getting we're getting pretty good at you know nailing down these statistics. Uh, pretty amazing. Um, okay, uh, let's end it this way. Uh, maybe Chris, you know, I, I I I'm putting you on the spot, but has market expectations shifted with regard to what the Fed's going to do here? Uh, at the end of the month it's in, in September as a result of the today's report. I, I know coming into this, there was pretty strong expectations that the Fed's going a quarter, another quarter point at the end of the month, probably in September again. Have you have you taken a look at that? Do you know by any chance? Yeah, I looked I looked earlier today. Yeah, the, the July 25 basis point hike is almost a lock. Well, from the market's perspective, I yeah. think it was something like 80%, 90%. Of participants, and then uh, for September, also a majority, uh, certainly. Um, well, actually, I take that back. For September, it was still um, mostly uh, a hold. Oh, right. There okay. was about a quarter of the population suggesting an additional hike. So, I don't. I, but that was before this uh, report came out. So, I, it's actually I up to ninety-five percent now for July. So, yeah, like Chris okay, says, yeah, it's almost a slam dunk in terms of expectations that we get yeah. a hike in July. September, yeah, it's still about only about twenty percent expect two consecutive hikes in July and September. So, oh, it's interesting. Okay. Strong support for two hikes in a row. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so still less than fifty-fifty. Okay, that's consistent with our forecast, right? We we did add a, a rate hike. Yeah quarter point uh, increase in the funds rate for uh, late this month. And that is now the terminal rate. And the other change we made in our forecast baseline was to extend out when the Fed starts easing again. We previously had that in March of next year. And now we push that out to, I think, June, early July, something like that. I can't remember when the meeting yeah. is at that point. So uh, almost a year of of rates at the terminal rate, the highest the rate we'll get in this cycle. Um Okay, let's uh, let's end the, this in the conversation uh, again, uh, talking about um, probabilities of recession. And uh, I did. We had a macro meeting yesterday. This is all the economists get together and talk about the U.S. economy and talk about the assumptions that go into our forecast, our baseline forecast. And we run a poll. Marissa, do you want to go over those results? Did I, I, last I looked, well, tell us what, what the poll said among our economists in terms of recession. Yeah, we had forty-two people respond, and the question was about the probability of recession in the over the next 12 months. So we're looking through the middle of next year now. Mm-hmm. Um, 48% said their probability of recession was between 40 and 50%. Okay. 24% said the probability of recession is 30 to 40%. Oh. 17% said between 50 and 60%. 7% said between 20 and 30%, and one person said between 60 and 70%. That's got to be Chris. Right? <laughs> I was say that, Chris was not me. <laughs> that was not me. It's an anonymous poll, so we don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it sounds like the distribution- So we're still is, in that 40 to 50. Yeah. Yeah. Like the right distribution is kind of skewed a little bit lower, just a little bit lower. Yeah. It's moved a bit to the left since yeah. the start of the year. Okay. Okay. That's a good benchmark. So let's go around the horn here. Uh, Marissa, what, what's your probability of recession over the next 12 months? It's about 45%, I would 45. say. Yeah. And, and has that changed at all? No. No. Okay. But Dante? Yeah. I'm in that 40 to 50% camp as well. I would say if anything, it's trending towards the lower end of that range now. Closer to 40 range. than 50. Yeah. yeah. And has that changed? 
I guess. Uh, I mean, probably down a little bit, but yeah, still bit. within that range over the last few months. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Chris, where are you at? Ooh, dee, dee, dee. I, I need some music. <laughs> Through July of 2024, 50%. Okay. Okay. All right. Does that, does that come in a little bit? It feels like it's coming. A lot. Right. Yeah, it has. Okay. I'm at 60% through the end of the end of next year. Okay. So and you were I'm still at, worried, but where were you on? I was, that? I was at 65. Okay. So you brought that, it in so a little bit. Okay. Coming in. Yeah. I'm at 40% over the next 12 months and I'd say 50% through the end of next year, uh, but 40%. And then I, I, I'm increasingly more confident in no recession. Um, just feels uh, well, we, we talked about it. Uh, I just feel like we're on script here. Um, but, uh, okay. Very good. Well, I said, this is going to be short and sweet about uh, 45 minutes, maybe a little less than that, but, uh, I think we all got stuff to do this Friday afternoon. Uh, and, uh, hopefully, uh, anything else guys you want to bring up before I call it, call it a podcast? No, we're good. Okay. Very CPI good. next week, I guess. Right? Yeah. CPI next week. I, and I, I'm feeling really good about the cpi Feeling even the super good. core even super core yeah the, right. the, right. the seasonality here i think we've got something well we'll talk about that next week but all right yeah all right. anyway Little dear preview. listener i hope you enjoyed this uh, we'll catch you next week take care now <laughs> <laughs>